A seeming Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is always a curious one to unfold. In the case of Olympic and Paralympic athlete Oscar Pistorius, we are still unraveling the characteristics. Who is he? What happened? How can someone fall so far and so hard unless they were never meant to be up on the pedestal in the first place? I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be peeling back the layers of the slaying of Reva Steenkamp by her own boyfriend, Oscar Pistorius. For anyone unfamiliar with Oscar Pistorius, because uh, I'm sure some people know about him, but I think a lot of people do. Yeah, but, like they've heard the I name. Mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Rachel knew who he was when she saw a picture and realized, you know, who he was. Right, 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 right. But just saying Oscar Pistorius, she was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that name. Absolutely. And it was funny because when I mentioned it to Cole, he was like, that sounds really boring. Isn't that kind of boring? And I was like, <laughs> no, because there's more to it than I think people realize. Like, there's so much more there than people actually know about. Because right. all we really got was like the media feed about Oscar Pistorius, where he was this Olympic athlete. Something happened and he was on trial. And that was kind of it. So... I'll do kind of an introduction here to both Riva and Oscar. So I think Oscar is definitely the better known name between the two of them. Which he shouldn't be. Exactly. Back in, me off. <laughs> back in 2012, he actually became the first double amputee to qualify and compete in the Olympics. So he had, you know, competed in the Paralympics and that sort of thing. He gained the nickname Blade Runner due to his prosthetic running blades. So Oscar was born with, I'm going to slaughter this, fibular hemimelia. Sounds right to me. Okay, cool. Sure. It's simply put, basically, the absence of the fibula. So the fibula is one of the two long bones in the lower part of the leg. And because he was missing that, he also missed, like, the exterior of the foot. So he was born essentially just with the um, the one remaining bone in the lower portion of the leg and two toes. And that and was it, it. Like nothing was like connected looking at the x-rays. Right. Exactly. It, it was very. They're just bones and skin. Exactly. It was just sort of floating there. So because of that prior to, he was only 11 months old when it happened prior to his first birthday, the lower portion of his legs were amputated sort of between the knee and like at the mid shin, if you like will. Where you would get a shin splint. Exactly. Exactly. So clearly this never slowed him down, though, because as we said, he he was in the Olympics. In his childhood, he played rugby. He went on to be one of the most well-known Paralympic and then later Olympic athletes. He actually used to train at one gym in particular, and the trainer there recalls realizing six months after he'd been going that Oscar, quote, had no legs. And it was this sort of like, 
he just didn't realize it. He he didn't notice that there was anything different about Oscar for the other athletes that were training in the gym. Right. He didn't act like anything was Right. Amiss. Exactly. Exactly. There was no special treatment. It was just this is this is where I am. Then in November of 2012, after uh, his Olympic, um, I guess, debut from the Summer Olympics of 2012, mm-hmm. he met an incredible woman in her own right, Reva Steenkamp. So Reva was first and foremost, she's likely probably one of the more accomplished women we've researched on this show. Would, would you agree? agree. Yep. Yeah. She was indeed stunning and had a blossoming modeling career. She actually started modeling when she was like 14 years old. Really, really gorgeous, but so much more than just a pretty face. Like Oscar, she had to overcome challenges uh, kind of thrown her way. So Reva was an A-list student. She completed her law degree in 2005. She had a budding television career, including what was supposed to be a five-episode feature on a reality show out of South Africa. Sounds super awesome. Like, where's all the conflict, right? Well, when Reva was just about 20 years old, she had been an avid horseback rider. Her father was was, a trainer. Exactly. And she suffered a fall in her early 20th year, which actually broke her back. So she could have given up, you know, she could have just... She was in rehab. Called it a day. For eight months. Mm-hmm. Learned, like, re- le- I can't speak. <laughs> Relearning. Relearning how to walk. Yes. And, like, pretty much do anything. Yeah. She had, she had essentially lost any of the normal abilities, so she had to reteach herself how to walk. So you can definitely see... Where these two people who have kind of overcome things in their lifetime, how they could appear to be a perfect match, you know, on paper, on on resume, Oscar and Reva, you'd think this is it. I'm not going to agree with you because it makes me angry. Okay, that's fine. That's totally (laughs) fine. So far, I can see. So far, exactly. If this is all you knew, you're like, this is it. This is totally it. And so honestly, that's what the media thought. They ate up this coupling. Could it be more perfect? But then February 14th, which was Valentine's Day of 2013, technically February 13th is when they went to bed, but things happened in the wee hours of February 14th, which was Valentine's Day, that really no one could have predicted. A call came into emergency services saying that Reva had been shot and the shooter was Oscar. When... I want to say that they had only been together for three months. Yeah. So I read an article and it said that they'd been together for 14 months. And I said, I I don't think you understand how time works. Because (laughs) if they met in November of 2012 and it was February of 2013. So they met, but they weren't actually together until that first. They like went on um, like a couple of black tie event or something. Exactly. uh, He called her to be his last minute date. And that was only three months before the shooting. Right, so it wasn't like this long-term coupledom by Which any she means. had had previously. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With other people. Yeah, I think, well, they both had. Yeah. Right. They definitely both had. I just had. said that because it comes out in trial that... Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. They were still together. They were still together. Absolutely. So, when the emergency services arrived, the scene was kind of confusing and very bloody and really hard to sort out exactly what had occurred there. Reva was covered in blood, clearly shot, and at that point, barely alive. She did pass away on the scene, from my understanding. 
I don't see how she could have been alive at all. I guess there was still like barely breath left or something like that, but it wasn't okay. like not. Yeah, going to exactly, be. exactly. There was no, there was no surviving her, her injuries, basically, which we'll get into. Exactly. There was a cricket bat on the ground that did have some blood splatter to it. There were black plastic bags and bloody towels. Oscar was moved into the garage of the home and then shared his story. 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 In quotes. Right. So according to Oscar, he awoke in the middle of the night to bring the fans in from the porch where it's like a balcony where the door was wide open and unlocked. He heard a noise in the bathroom, whispered to Reva, who he believed was still in bed to call the police. Then he shouted a few times to get out, grabbed his gun from the nightstand in the dark, then rounded the corner and shot into the bathroom where he heard the burglar. The burglar. Burglar. The burglar. (laughs) The burglar. He went back into the bedroom, which is a bit down the hall. So, like, think of your average hotel room where you kind of walk in and there's the bathroom first, then a little bit of a hallway, and then you round a corner into the bedroom. That's sort of similar to, like, where the door positioning is in in this house, in this bedroom. He saw that Reva was not in bed. He put on his prosthetic legs and then coming to some realization that she may have been the one in the bathroom, he broke down the locked door of the toilet. He used the cricket bat to help fracture the door. He got it open, realized his error, and pulled her out calling for help. Now, before we go too much deeper, you should know that South Africa, where the couple was, has a very high crime rate. It's like really scary. Right. Right. I mean, I you watched that. I assume you. I know you watched the Amazon Prime. Exactly. Yeah. Documentary. Yeah. Um, we were watching it and we were like, oh, okay. Um, I, we don't want to go to South Africa at no. all anymore. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. I wanted to go to see like the rugby sevens and go someplace else. Hosted there. See an away game. <laughs> in other places. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, maybe not. <laughs> and they, like, they, we know of like crime rates. Like, right. Obviously, there's a lot of crime there, but seeing. The type of crime that's there all the time. We're not talking like minor crime, like little car break-ins right, like or something get like that. Shot. And We're held talking at gunpoint. Exactly, like and armed robbed. burglars. I can't say that word nope, today. That doesn't no, work armed burglars. <laughs> no, I, I mean we're talking like armed home invasions, like people breaking in, tying people up, shooting each other, like crazy. And who was it? Someone on that um, prime. Documentary yes. said if someone's breaking into your house, they're not they're going to kill you. Or they're like go- right. you're you're trained to think like they're not scared to kill you. Right. They will. Right. And there was one guy in particular who's like, Well, my wife was held at gunpoint outside of her car. We had five men break into our house, like that sort of thing. And right. this was just one individual. Like, think about how many times you have experienced someone breaking into your home right now. And then think about the fact that one individual on this documentary who lives in South Africa was like, well, this was like the third event that we had experienced. And they have them on camera. So like right. they showed in the documentary how violent they were. Yes. I would have been really scared. I would have been moving out of South Africa. But. But. Um, he lived, Oscar lived in a gated community with security. Mm-hmm. 
and he so it's not as high risk there, as other places in South Africa would be. There was protection, and I I like dive in a little bit into that because there's a lot of stuff that's really questionable. I mean, like really quick, I'm just gonna throw it out there. There's a reason why I highlighted that the balcony door was open and unlocked right. in the middle of the night. Right. Like, what if you're so scared of a burglar, you would not have that unlocked. Exactly. So Oscar specifically was, uh, you know, according to his sister, incredibly fearful of being burgled. Uh, he did own many guns and. And he had like six permits out to apply for six more guns. It's uh, why? Why? A lot. Why a do you lot. Need so many guns. You can't fire all of them at once. Right. Like it's I mean, one gun or no guns. Maybe he's a collector, guns. but. It's possible. I mean, he wasn't. I think he was like a sports shooter, too, because they. Yeah. They definitely show video footage of him shooting at a like, watermelon. Yeah. Yeah. Shooting a watermelon. At a shooting range. Exactly. Which apparently is very common in South Africa. Shooting, shooting watermelons? No, shoot, shooting oh, ranges. Oh, I, was, I, was, I, I mean, they are in America as well, but. I was thinking specifically shooting watermelons and I was no. perplexed by Maybe that. though. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so. But uh, are we going to bring that back up when we get to the court, the trial? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll okay. dive back into that. Absolutely. So he, like we said, lived in a very secure housing development with actual security and fencing to keep out trouble. As I also pointed out already, he fell asleep with the balcony doors open and unlocked. So if you were that worried, maybe close the doors, if not lock them. And honestly, this is just where my skepticism jumps in. I, I don't buy any of it. Oscar was the hero type the media. He wasn't the hero type that the media made him out to be. In fact, he was more like many of the fallen heroes that we've seen in recent years. The O.J. Simpsons, the Lance Armstrongs, where there are these golden children. And then all of a sudden it's like, oops, they're human beings. Look at the stuff that they've done wrong. And yeah. OK. Well, human beings, but rotten ones, I guess. Exactly. Like scuzzy like, human it's beings. It's not just like an oops. It's a. It's yeah. Oh, it's really bad. That's not good. And interestingly, he reminds me so much of Lance Armstrong, it's kind of crazy. Now, clearly, Lance Armstrong didn't kill anyone, but from all of the accounts I've seen, he's not the greatest person to be in a relationship with. No. And very controlling. Very controlling, yes. And I feel like in order to be as good as they strived to be in their specific fields, you almost have to get rid of some of that human relation, if that makes sense. You kind of have to push that to the side and just control every aspect of your life. Because if you don't, I mean, you're you're never you're never gonna get to that point that you want to be. Then he shouldn't be with anyone. Agreed. No. I mean that's why he broke up with his so he had a long term girlfriend who he was in love with I don't remember her name at the moment. And then he broke up with her or she broke up with him. And then he started dating this woman, Samantha. Mm-hmm. I think Samantha Taylor was her mm-hmm. name. Um, they dated for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And, and this then, is Oscar you're referring yes, to. Yes. Yep. And then. Not Lance Armstrong. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the case at hand. And then they broke up. And I think he had broken up with her. It was right before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And um, he needed to focus, I guess. Right. He needed all of his focus on that. He couldn't deal with a relationship, even though he still loved her. Mm-hmm. And I guess right before he got one of the medals, not not gold, it was silver, I think. He was awarded the silver medal at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. He was on the phone I think it with... it was bronze, actually. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. It's, oh, sorry. One of... Yeah. A medal. Yeah. He got something. Yeah. 
The pat on the back. He won something. Exactly. <laughs> right Good before for him. he was awarded his medal. Right. <laughs> um, he was on the phone with Samantha's sister, begging her to, you know, kind of get them back together. Yeah. And he was just so sad about it. And then they got back together. <laughs> and then he cheated on her with right. Riva. Right. And there was another model, too, like a third-party model as well. So it's all over the place, man. It's all over the place. And then, I don't know, just to be that controlling over what she does. Yeah. That says something about your own personality. It absolutely does. Obviously, but like about your own insecurities or possibly about what you're doing behind her back. Yes, yes. It's almost like, you know, she just... Too much much protest, absolutely. Clearly, we're recording early in the morning, and neither (laughs) one of our mouths have woken up yet. So, from the perspective, as we were saying, of Oscar's previous girlfriend prior to Riva, he was angry, he was demanding, he had a hair trigger, and anything could set him off. And he had been unfaithful. The couple, Riva and Oscar, fought like any couple, but they also made up. The prosecution agreed that Oscar shot Riva, but they didn't buy his story. In the prosecution's version, Oscar and Riva fought. This is backed up by a nearby neighbor who heard a woman screaming from the home that night before the gunshots. When they fought, Oscar snapped. He went after her with the cricket bat. She locked herself in the bathroom, and so he got his gun. He got his gun, shot her, and then concocted the story he gave investigators. His emotions were big, almost too big in some cases to me. In fact, during a recreation, he he basically, he vomited and sobbed multiple times. It was a little dramatic. It and is. also keep in mind, he can probably vomit on cue because of all the times. I don't know if you know this, but I spoke to, I was talking to Rachel, who used to be a runner. Right. Runners. Right. Will run until they vomit. Right. Because that's how they know they did their best. Right. So he was really used to just throwing up. Throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I, I figured as much because you see him training like in. in Oh, that was disgusting. They yeah, actually yeah, yeah. showed him vomit. Exactly. Like, in the documentary. Multiple times. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't need to know anything no. this well. I see. Tell us. Exactly. And then he went in the back room and he threw up and we're like, oh, OK, cool. No, we can all visualize that. Don't need to show us the video. It's awesome. Thanks, though. But what I want to do is kind of go back to that bedroom. So he went to the balcony, right? When he stirred in the middle of the night, Reva was next to him. On so if we're looking at the bed, yes. Um, Oscar was on the left side, Reva was on the right side of the bed, and the fans in the balcony were to the right of the bed. Correct. So he got up, walked around, walked around. Mm-hmm. He did not at this point have his prosthetic legs on, and he makes sure to tell us that in in everything that he states. Oh, and um, also. In court, when they have him walk up without mm-hmm. his prosthetic legs, that was a bit much. It was. They, it was. they just did that to show the judge like, of a, a, sa- a sob story, I guess. I know. I, I would agree. I would agree. They were sort of using what they could to to form innocence in, in the jury's mind. Anyway, go continue. So, his prosthetic legs were not on, so he was shorter in stature than he would be with them on. He moves two fans and makes sure to state that they were right at ear level so he never heard Riva get up it was a foam mattress no squeaking springs okay fine 
I mean, yeah, Rachel and I were thinking about it, and yeah. I probably wouldn't hear her. Right. But if I turned, I would. If you turn around heard, at some point. Also, yes, but if also if I heard someone in the bathroom, oh, I'd be like, "Hello, get ready for my rant." <laughs> okay. Are you uh, like here's here's the breakdown? So he closes the balcony doors, keeping his back to the bed the whole time. Then puts like a piece of cardboard over a light that was keeping him awake. It was like a Blu-ray player or like a TV, one of those lights that always stays on, yeah. and it was like beaming and blue. So he put it in front, so it's totally dark in the room. He hears a noise. Now, according to Oscar's sister, he was, as we've mentioned, incredibly fearful of home invasion. His immediate thought was burglar. Now, no, this is the point that I call bullshit. Like, I believe the story, the story, and I'm using my air quotes, so you can't see me, but I'm doing it up until this point. It's an okay story. I am a terrified human being who jumps at anything that goes bump in the night. Yeah. Like it's it's almost a, a joke at this point because Cole, my husband, can be standing next to me in the kitchen. He could be quiet for a minute and then say something and my entire body will jolt because I'm just jumpy. I almost drop kicked my own child when she snuck <laughs> up on me after watching the movie It. So I'm a very <laughs> jumpy person. The first thing I do when I hear a noise, especially if I'm sleeping and it wakes me up, is look around and feel around to gain my surroundings. Is my husband next to me? Are any lights on? Is my daughter making noise? Is the cat on the bed? Was I sleepwalking, which I've done before? And you wake up in a place that's not normal and it's really creepy. (laughs) Then if... All is as it should be, and only then do I freak the fuck out. Right. I mean, yeah, I I would. That's that. I don't even think that I would take all those steps, but I would be like, beep. Yeah, exactly. It's like you kind of feel around. Are you around? You're like, is it you? Is it, what's that sound? (laughs) Because that would be my first thought. Right. Not burglar. No. I'd be like, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this house right now, so it's got to be the other person. So that's the other thing. Then I'd get freaked out. It's, so... You know, at this point in my story, I would rattle Cole and be like, go check things, you know, whatever. But so with Oscar's story, he never felt around on the bed to see if it was Reva, even in pitch black, you know, in total darkness. He never called out to her to see if the 29 year old woman whose bladder was likely going downhill at this point (laughs) had had started and she was up to pee, which she definitely was up to pee if it's the middle of the night. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then his story just gets more unbelievable. From it there. does. When it does. he's calling, get out, get out. He didn't hear her respond. Well, so There's no way. I, and I, I can he like, OK, I can understand if let's say his story were real mm-hmm. and he was calling out, get out, get out. And she was in the bathroom, not realizing someone was in the house. I can see her like being quiet during that point. Because she thinks, oh, God, what if there is someone in the house? But at some point, like when he enters the bathroom, Mm -hmm. don't you think her instinct would be like, Oscar, it's me, Oscar, you know, something like to get his attention. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. So he comes around the corner. Yes. Now, the way that the bathroom is set up is like there's a tub, I guess. Yeah. It's it's like it's a a long hallway. You round the corner to another narrow hallway but at the end of that is the tub double sink and then there's a double sink and then there's a door into the the toilet toilet. yes which is where she was exactly so it's separated so 
The door is shut into the toilet. Now, also, if you're a burglar, why, why are you going into the toilet? I was going to say, why are you shimmying in a bathroom window at all? Doesn't make any sense. No. Now, granted, I would break into someone's house to use their toilet because I constantly <laughs> have to pee. But... Hey, we almost did that one. <laughs> exactly. But that being said... I would get in and get out and no one would hear me or I would just pee in their yard. You know, like it's something, something, another option. Right. That's definitely come up too. (laughs) But it's just one of those things. There's an unlocked balcony door wide open and you're trying to break into a place and you choose like mm, wide open balcony door or shimmy in a bathroom window window. (laughs) let's shimmy in the bathroom window no one will hear that i mean okay so then he rounds the corner and he's on according to his own account uneasy because he still doesn't have his prosthetic legs on Mm -hmm. um so he is trying to uneasy he's like trying to balance yeah Yeah. so he's he's got only one hand on the gun right so he shoots once Mm -hmm. there's a pause the first shot goes right through her hip and we know there's a pause because of the forensic evidence. Right. Also, keep in mind, she is facing the bathroom door, which is weird. Yeah. Like they were having an argument through the bathroom door and right. he just decided, oh, I'm going to go get my gun and kill you. Right. Anyway, so she's facing the bathroom door. First shot goes in like around her hip area. Right. And then the second shot is her upper arm, meaning there was a pause as she was falling because he didn't. He didn't change where he was shooting. He just right. kept his hand steady. Right. You don't think she screamed after the first shot? There was, yeah, Even there was no sound. Shot. Exactly. So, so, okay, let me continue. So that, that was the first two shots. Third shot, he missed her. Fourth shot goes right in her head. Mm-hmm. So in between that, I can understand maybe how the first shot goes in. She's in shock. She doesn't make a noise. Right. Second shot goes in. Then I would make a noise. Right. Even after shock, Even I would start screaming. Even if it's screaming. just screaming, stop. Right. So something. He, um, he missed the third one. It missed her completely. You don't think she was screaming during that time? Like in between the second and the fourth There's shot? There's going to be sound. Where he hit her head? It's crazy. And did we mention what kind of bullets he's using? Yeah. Hollow point bullets. If you don't know what these are, you are shooting these bullets to kill someone. They explode. They're like little pieces of shrapnel go through your body. They they very vividly show the back of Reva's head. Like uh, you know like, that that's not um not an American documentary. Right. We were talking about that. I was like, I can't believe they just showed that. Yeah, I mean, and like out of respect for her family, it it's crazy. And they they showed it in, in court in court as well. It was an image, and you could see her family dropping their heads, and it is the back of her head, which is they so you they, can see her brain. Coming right. out of her head. So basically, they they did it as this comparison. So he had this video of him right. shooting watermelons, um, and they were referring to the bullets as zombie killers. Now, in court, the defense attorney was like, "Oh, not sorry, not the, the prosecution. prosecution." Yep. They asked um, Oscar, "Have you ever heard the term zombie killer, or heard like in in regards to the hollow point bullets?" And he mm-hmm. said, "No." Yeah. 
under, then under under oath. Under oath, exactly. <laughs> and then they show a video of him being like, wow, that's a zombie killer. It was literally his word. Yeah. He, like, he, he came up with it as he shot a watermelon, and it exploded. Completely exploded with yeah. one shot. Yeah. I mean, hollow point bullets, for anyone who's unfamiliar, they flare in such a way that they rip through everything that they're going through. They expand. Exactly. And because of that... It's they're meant to do the most severe amount. Like they're they're a war bullet. They're meant to do right. severe so why do damage. You have them at your house. I don't know. That's crazy to me. Like yeah. that should not be legal. Yeah. Like you. So yeah. Let's just set aside they're also, the fact that let's say maybe he didn't know it was Reva. Right. You were still shooting to kill someone. You shot four times hollow point bullets. Thousand percent. You still killed someone on yeah. purpose. Thousand percent. Doesn't matter who it is. And I don't know if anyone has ever shot a gun that listens to this, but the fact that he claims he was shooting with one hand, a handgun with that amount of force behind it is going to have so much kickback that there would have to be a pause where you would pull back and reset. You can't, it's not like the movies where you just, you know, shoot because your your hand is going to be popping all over the place. Um, even if you have the strongest shoulders in Which the world. Which he does. Right. Uh, I mean, your hand is going to be popping all over the place. And so there's always going to be that point where you have to reset your hand and bring it back. Because there's going to be so much kickback from the force of the bullet being expelled so from the gun. Basically, he's a big fat liar. A, th- a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And a psycho. Right. So... I obviously Kristen and I are not the only people who found this totally absurd, um, but not at first. So in the original trial, Oscar was actually acquitted, but then prosecutors appealed. Thank goodness. And he was found guilty and at first sentenced to six years. Luckily, they were like, no, that's six years. Let's just too reiterate easy. that. Six years for. Um, that's too easy. Yeah. Murder. Yeah. He was then resentenced to 13 years and five months. Now, I can say that I really enjoy the loopholes in South Africa's justice system, but I'm not digging the way they do their sentencing. Agreed. Like, I really like that the prosecution can be like, I'm going to appeal that. Right. They're like, no, he it, needs there's more no time. Du- like double jeopardy. Exactly. Like a- He's like, we're, we're going to go ahead and just let's make this even worse for him. Retrial. Shall we? Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, Which is good for cases like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... In South Africa, something that is important to know, violent offenders are able to gain parole after serving only half of their sentence, but they have to meet with the victim's family first, which is, I'm assuming, not easy. So he served, what, five or six years so far? So he's up for parole. He's already met with Reba's father. That happened last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. June 22nd, 2022. They met. Face-to-face, face and there's face. no information of what happened. Nope. And there is going to be another trial or sentencing hearing, a parole sentencing or parole hearing. Wow. I hope he gets life. He won't, but. I know. And there is very much a possibility that he will be paroled. And it's like, this is a man who essentially killed someone in cold blood. And, like, I hate to say, hey, guys, we all saw what happened with the O.J. Simpson trial where, like, clearly – he should have done some time. See, that's another case where uh, we should have been able to yes. appeal that. Yeah, and be like, let's talk about this, guys. Because then you come back to it and... So it's also different because South Africa, right. there's no jury. It's just the it's judge. It's just the judge, exactly. She but, just decides. Right. In America, there's like at least 
you know, multiple a, people deciding. A grouping of your yeah, peers. Right. Like, right, you right, have right. to agree on it. Yeah. And, but it's like with OJ Simpson, like he eventually came around and like showed his true colors, if you will. And, you know, did time in jail. Thank goodness. But like, why, why are we going to take this man who clearly is unstable? That's exactly the word I was going to use. At, and that's the minimum, you know, word I'm using. And put him back out into society. Now, granted, he's never going to gain the fame and the notoriety that he had previously. He's never going to compete again. But I just, I just don't understand that. And I mean, we will follow up. There will definitely be more to come. It's been interesting because we had talked about, interestingly enough, we had talked about this case. Well, I I had mentioned it because I knew that he was coming up for parole. Right. And then I started hearing about it and I said, oh, the parole, like, (laughs) let's just do it. Let's just do it right now. (laughs) So we did because it was like, oh, I want to I want to be able to follow up on it and everything. Now, the home that he lived in where all of this occurred, um, it was actually sold uh, to a private purchaser and it was sold with the bullets still stuck in the tiles. That's weird. Yeah. It was sold for under market value. So it was listed, you know, it was valued at about $600,000 and sold for 450000 I wasn't able to pull up if that was like South African currency or mm-hmm. U.S. dollars, but either way, um, it was sold for under market value. And all I can say is I hope they remodeled the bathroom because literally the toilet was still broken. There were chunks of her hair and brain matter on the floor. There was still blood splatter when they purchased the house. Gross. I just, I don't care how badly you want to get into a neighborhood. I can't even imagine. No. I can't even wrap my head around it. So... Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated as we hear anything new that comes up in this. And uh, I think we have a bonus episode coming up soon, but we're not recording it today because no. I've had a busy week. So <laughs> we'll keep that as a surprise. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, I mean, the dates to um, New Jersey Horror Con are getting closer and so closer. Excited. I got an update. They actually thought about changing the dates and I was like, please don't do that because... We have everything plotted and planned, (laughs) but apparently all of the other folks who are also vendors were like, "Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to work for us because we've got everything planned and booked. And so they did not change the dates. Um, I guess it it was like a circumstance where they were going to try and move it to October and like down onto the the downstairs floor because we're going to be upstairs on the second floor this year. Um, But it's literally it's like the weekend that. Of colonized anniversary and stuff okay, like but that. Also, like we I'm, already booked the hotel. Right. We've already paid for it. Like we already have the time off. Like it's come I on. Can't switch it like that. Anyway, exactly. so glad they're not. So happy. So so happy. So psyched. Um, and really really excited that they gave us the opportunity and didn't just switch it. So <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to meeting everybody there. If you guys get the chance to come out, we have some fun stuff coming up. So we'll keep that posted. And uh, make sure you are checking out, uh, if you haven't logged into our Patreon and you're interested in going ad-free, that is an option because obviously we do have some ads that have been running and I I know it kind of interrupts the build uh, in a lot of ways just from listening to podcasts yeah. myself where it you're just like, cuts, you, and, cuts it like right in the middle and, of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, cloud mattress. And you're like, what? No, I don't want that. So if you're 
tired of that, you can do our Patreon for as little as three bucks a month. And it's you get the stuff early as soon as we publish it. And it's ad free. So that's an option for you. And other than that, uh, send us any ideas that you have. We've got I dug up a fun one. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. No, because I was I had a bad day at work. Oh, bad day at work. Opening text messages. Boo. Boo. Okay. Well, I'll tell you all about it after this. Okay. In the meantime, you guys have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.